Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> That's right, everybody. We're back. You know what I'm saying? 2018 coming in strong with a hard special guest. With a very, very hard special guest. Our very first repeat guest. None other than the head writer of Adventure Time, a.k.a. Harvest Moon a.k.a. Kent Osborne. You know what I'm saying? You know it's going to be a good podcast when Kent motherfucking Osborne is up in this shit. You know what I'm saying? And trust me, we talked about some spicy old topics on this one. Y'all are going to love it. This is a very strong first episode for 2018 you know what i'm saying 19 episodes guys this is so much fun shout out to everybody tuning into the podcast you know what i'm saying shout out to everybody subscribing to the podcast shout out to everybody rating the podcast on itunes shout out to everybody telling their friends to tell their friends about this podcast okay and let me tell you who gets the biggest shout outs the biggest shout outs go to everybody supporting on the patreon page you know what i'm saying head over to patreon.com slash ghost shrimp and peel off a dollar or two you know what i'm saying because we are here for you show some love show some support to the podcast if this podcast has a special place in your heart you know what i'm saying think about heading over there and contributing you know, shout out to all the $1 contributors, big shout outs. And we got some extra special beefy beef stew shout outs going to those $2 reward members. Let's start it off hot with Bark the Dog. Shout out to you, Bark the Dog. I know you got big things planned for 2018. Who else we got on this list? We got a big beef stew shout out going out to Arguably Art. I know that they are starting off the year strong. Who else is ripping through 2018? You know my man Tryman Hunt is out there tearing it up, shredding it up in 2018. And we cannot forget the big beefy stewy shout out going to Jesse Kakaka Donnie with a name like that. It doesn't matter what year it is, you're winning the game. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, this is such a fun episode. So we are going to jump right into this and I'll catch it on the back end. Okay, and here we are once again with the uh, with a special guest. Kent Osborne. Hi. <laughs> yeah, you were the first guest on the podcast, and now you're the first guest of 2018 and the first repeat guest. Oh, really? I'm yeah. the first? Oh, wow. A lot of firsts. 
A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it's really, it's really great to be there. I mean, here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. You will be here soon. You'll be here. What did you say at the April? Yeah, at the end of April, early April, May, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, June at the latest. No later than July. No later. No later. I may not make it to camp after all. <laughs> um, so yeah, you will be moving. You you will be. You have purchased the house uh, down the street from me, and yeah. uh, and and the and the accompanying twenty five acres of beautiful Vermont forest, which right now is an absolute winter wonderland. Can't wait. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be really fun. I was thinking that I got to save up so I can get a snowmobile next winter so then we can be shredding up the woods here with snowmobiles. Yeah. In the middle of the night. We're getting our guns out and just snowmobiling through the woods and just seeing what happens. Yeah. Winter camp. (laughs) Winter camp is coming. (laughs) definitely (laughs) definitely so yeah man how you feeling how you feeling about uh about about the move you excited yeah yeah it was it was weird because i yeah i bought the house in september and uh yeah april seemed like really far away but now that the holidays are over i'm like oh wow it's just around the corner so I'm, i'm starting to like uh pack things up and trying to get rid of some stuff i've been in this I've been in LA for 25 years and I've been in this apartment for 15 years. Wow. So there's just like stuff in every nook and cranny. I'm like looking around my kitchen right now and there's just like, there's nowhere to put a, if you had a glass and you wanted to put it down, there's just like junk everywhere. What What is the weirdest thing that you're going to ship back? Like what is like the weird, the craziest item that you own that you're going to have to ship back like a statue? Oh, <laughs> or is it or is it your multiple Emmys? Those will probably be have to be taken very special care of. The two Emmys. They give you boxes when you win an Emmy. You get this weird like coffin that I mean it's a box, but it opens up and then the Emmy fits perfectly in it. It's all like velvet molded to fit the shape of the you know, the negative space of the of the Emmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so I ha- I have those boxes, so so yeah. Uh I don't know. I got a lot. I have, I have every Simpsons figure in a yep. glass case, uh, so that'll that'll be. Uh, I'll have to put all those in a box. And oh then, wow! You have every single Simpsons figure. Yeah, every one they released. I don't have a. I don't have a lot of the. Uh, they would do duplicates, like they would do Homer and Marge at church, or like you know oh, Marge. Yeah, yeah. So if it was if it was a character I already had, I wouldn't get the duplicate. But I have every. Uh, character they put out wow wow yeah i remember when those first came out we were walking around some store and i saw like a bartman toy or something like that and i thought it was so cool i couldn't get it i didn't have enough money or something but i remember i remember when those first came out i thought it was so rad yeah i was working on spongebob and they they came out and there was a guy uh carl carl greenblatt who did chowder and you know you know carl yeah yeah Crazy. Anyways, he was working on SpongeBob, and he was into the figures, and I was into the figures, and uh, we would go to like we'd get a tip that like Toys R Us is going to have the new figures, and we would you know get there early, and there'd be other dudes there like uh, you like tip off the stock boys. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I remember one day 
he I saw I saw him at work and he's like, ah, I had another Simpsons figure dream last night. <laughs> That's insane. You know what, though? That's funny because I dream, I have recurring dreams where I am in some kind of toy store space and they have like every G.I. Joe from like when we were kids and stuff like that. I have recurring dreams of like going into the toy store and them having like like the sick ass toys from when we were kids. Oh, really? Definitely. It was weird. When I was a kid, I didn't really, my, my brother, he, he was... We both loved Star Wars, but he was like into it way more than me. And he had all the toys and all the figures and like kept all the original boxes. And, um, and I, but now that we're adults, like now I collect toys. It's weird. Do you guys still have your childhood toys? <laughs> he, he does. He has them all packed away. Like, uh, I, th I think, or no, I think he, uh, I think he found like a, a closet, like a shallow closet in his house and he was able to put all his figures in there or something. Uh -huh. So you could just. You open this door and it's just like a wall of Star Wars figures. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot. Because I have an older brother who's, what, Dorian's 11 years older than me. And I'm 37, so he's like 48. So, yeah, he had all the original. Like, we have the original um, Death Star toy. Do you remember that weird toy for the Death Star? Yeah, yeah it had a trash compactor. With yeah, it had like, it's like an elevator, like tower that's like, you know, a couple feet tall. And then there's like three stories of the Death Star. They're like weird yeah. triangular shapes. It's like a slice yeah. of the Death Star sort yeah, it's of. Yeah, like a, a wedge. Like an yeah. Arm. yeah, yeah, we had that. And then I have the um, the Ewok Village. And I still actually have yeah. the box for that. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I have all the old. Uh, I, have, I have all our old figures still, which are definitely super played with. Definitely not like collector quality. Yeah. <laughs> They're like beat to hell. But, or the, uh, Dagobah, the Dagobah play, play set had a little button. You could push on this button and the rocks would rise. Like the it had a little. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Yoda's little like hovel. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I remember that. I never had that one. That's pretty dope. I had some of the, they had like miniature pewter ones too. They had like miniature pewter Star Wars guys. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, they like, would have like little plastic sets that they went in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was like a different line or something. They were like die cast or whatever. I don't know. I guess it was yeah, die cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was on like the tail end of all that. I would go to like the discount stores and like get like the, the ones that were like still around. Like I was at the tail end of. Because I was born in 80, so I don't know. When did Return of the Jedi come out? That's like early 80s, like 82 or 83 or something? Yeah, 83. Yeah, so I was like, I was just, when I was getting those toys, they were like cycling out of the store. It was kind of the end of all that. Finding the last Ewok in the store. <laughs> Remember in uh, Raising Arizona when... Uh... Like baby goes uh, missing and they're interviewing with dad and they're like, what can you describe what he was wearing? He's like, he was in his jammies. They had like Yodas and shit on him. <laughs> no, I forgot <laughs> that. It was such a good movie. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my juicy old glass of water over here. Ah. Uh. So I was over there not too long ago. Uh, what, like um, last month or something? Two months ago? How how long has it been? Yeah, that was. I can't remember. End of November, beginning of December. That party. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was there for the Adventure Time rap party. I flew out for one night, and uh, I slept over your house. That's right. And, uh, yeah, that was fucking wild, man. What did you think of the Adventure Time rap party? Yeah, it was fun. I, I, I wish it didn't end. It was it was one of those parties where, yeah, the next thing you know, they're like, turning the lights on and kicking everybody out You're yeah like, Wait, really just, just it started. really ended at 11 or whatever like because it was like they had rented out like a real swanky big club uh yeah. on sunset boulevard there so yeah when it was over they were like all right it's out like <laughs> it was like they definitely all be paid to go to 11 o'clock because it was open bar too and they said there was like 800 people or something so that yeah. shit must have costed a fucking fortune yeah and then, yeah, we were all just kind of standing out on the sidewalk, like, for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, we hung out for a while outside. Yeah, and then we went to Fred 62's. Yeah, you were you hadn't slept in, like, 24 hours or something. We yeah, I was a zombie. I, but by the time the party was over and we were, like, we went, when, we, when we, we were sitting there in that diner, I was just, like, try, trying to stay awake. Like, I was, like, I, yeah, I'd literally been up for, like, 24 hours at that point, so I was I was totally wasted. <laughs> but yeah, it was so much fun. I was I was so blown away because I didn't really know what to expect because you know I've been to a couple Cartoon Network parties before, but this one was just really decked out in Adventure Time graphics and stuff and themes. You know, you walked in the they had a kind of an outdoor courtyard that we walked into first when you check in, and that was all sort of that was like Ice Kingdom and maybe some Fire Kingdom stuff going on, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, outside was like yeah, ice and fire, and then the next room was like the candy kingdom. It was all this like free candy. That was, yeah, they yeah. had like an enormous candy buffet, and then like screens with like the candy kingdom backgrounds up, and then and then in like this big dance dance room or whatever the main room where the DJ and the bands were, the band was and stuff. They made like a. I posted pictures on my Instagram. They they made a giant like I don't even know what they made it out of, but they had a they had a DJ booth, an elevated DJ booth above the bar that was like made like the treehouse, and the branches were like ten feet long. Like they were like giant. It was like gigantic. It was like it was so fucking cool. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. <laughs> this is the awkward, the awkward pod, <laughs> podcast. It's hard. I don't want to talk over you or interrupt you. No, no you. there's like a little bit of delay. Yeah. <clears throat> Remember when you used to talk on the phone long distance and it used to like, you had to just like say something and then wait like, like 30 seconds and then like you'd hear what they said and then you'd talk? Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I ever went overseas calling home and there was that delay. It was really hard. It was really hard to like get any sort of flow going like i'd be talking to my dad or something and there would just be yeah there'd be this like it would just pause too long and then <laughs> yeah yeah it was super <laughs> weird yeah. you had to master the art of it yeah but yeah um, i was i was super impressed by the party i was blown away i was super glad that i came because it was really as you know it was a last minute decision i was kind of started to think about it a couple weeks out um initially i had thought like nah i'm probably not gonna go because it's like seems frivolous to just like fly across the country for this party you know but then as it got closer and closer and everybody was going and and then people were asking me if i was going and i was like fuck man and i told you i'm like all right i'm gonna see if i can you know get the money together to come out and then um and then it really i got the tickets like the day before i decided you know i was like fuck it man i'm just gonna go and yeah. uh, i got the tickets the day before and then 
um, and then uh, and then and then just flew out. And I actually went to Boston the first night because you can't fly direct from uh, Burlington to L.A. So I went down to Boston and then uh, so I didn't have to do a connecting flight and then uh, stayed with uh, Ghost Scout Mamageddon in the yeah. hizzy. That was super fun. And then um, and then flew out from there and then uh, it just flew direct and then stayed one night at your place and then flew back. So it was like the whole thing was really like a weird like it was almost like a dream. Like I, I talked to everybody, but I like can't really remember what conversations I had with which people and stuff because it was like <laughs> it was crazy because I haven't seen a lot of those people like in six years or whatever. You know, some people I have, but <clears throat> or at least I mean I was back a couple years ago, but I didn't see everybody. So it's been anyway years since I've seen a lot of those people and and I was just kind of bouncing around talking to everybody. You kind of disappeared. I didn't see you for most of the party actually. Yeah, I was kind of, well, I'm trying to think. I ended up like out in that front area for a bit and someone handed me a pipe and I got like high and then I started talking to Randy Leipke. Do you know him? Mm, uh, I don't know. He's a comic. He, he did a, we were both uh, hot dog nights in, in, okay. in one of the episodes. Um, but uh, anyways, he was there and he's really funny and he was with his girlfriend and I started talking to them and He's like, we're in love. And I was like, how long have you been dating? And he's like, a week. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just... yeah. You told me about that. You told me about that afterwards. You re you run down the whole combo. Yeah, but right. I ended up talking to him until uh, talking to them until the lights came on. And uh... yeah, it went by really fast. It it seemed like it seemed like it was for a good amount of time, but then it did seem like, oh shit, it's over already. Like it would have been cool if there was like an after party, like an organized yeah. after party that more people went to. Yeah, it was really sweet though, Penn got up there with his mom. His mom wanted to say something to the crowd. And so she's talking about how Penn was a preemie and how they didn't know if he was going to live when he was born. And she started crying. <laughs> and Penn's like patting her head. It was really sweet. And then in the middle of her speech, she like noticed she saw Weird Al in the crowd. <laughs> and she was like, oh, Weird Al's here. <laughs> and she's like, Penn used to listen to your records. And everyone's like looking at Al and he's just like suddenly the center of attention. And it was, oh my gosh. It was really, yeah, it was, it was a bitter, bittersweet evening. It's sad. It's all over. Yeah. Do you think so? Do you, th do you, do you wish it was still going? Um, I mean, I guess things can't go forever, but it, it was a real special, uh, show and a, a special crew and you know i feel like it could have it could have definitely gone another season i know mudo had ideas for you know to, to go another season like he had more it, it was weird they we were we were writing the end of season nine thinking there would be another season and we were writing this big like four-parter and you know that kind of had nothing to do with it was kind of like a standalone and then they said, oh, these last four are going to be the last four ever. And we were like, what? <laughs> so then we had to sort of scrap that and try, try to, like, tie everything up that we had kind of been, you know, all, all the stuff we'd been expanding on. You know, we, we had to sort of, like, try to figure out how to, like, end it, which, I, you know, I think we did a good job. It hasn't aired yet. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It could have gone for another season. I, I mean, I don't want to – I mean, whatever. It ran for a long time. It, it's like 260 episodes or something. So Yeah, it's an insane uh, run. But, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, thought, I thought it was more your guys' decision to end it when it did. No, no. They just uh, – <laughs> I, I think, you know, with the animation, they're, they're trying to approve budgets, you know, 
like you have a show like Adventure Time where you have episodes that are going to last you until the next two years. Yeah. And so then they're, they're looking like, okay, we have to approve this for a budget for 2019. And we don't even know like what the landscape's going to be. And, you know, and also they have, they have new shows that they're trying to like, they want to put, you know, resources and energy into. Right. Right. So, you know, I don't think it was like, it's weird to go online and people, People are like, they canceled Adventure Time. You know, it makes it sound like it's a negative thing instead of, you know, they just put us out the pasture. They put us in a nice old book. <laughs> Kent, why uh, don't you go back to Vermont? Weren't you born there? Why don't you go home, Kent? <laughs> but I'm on Julia Potts' show right now, and it's it's really fun, and there's a lot of people on it that were on Adventure Time, so it, it feels, you know, and we're on the same floor, and, um, you know, so it it's... It, it feels nice, but it's, it, yeah, I mean, Adventure Time is so great. And, and um, I mean, it, it lasted longer than any job I've ever been on, so I can't complain. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, it's like the party. You just want it to keep going. You're having a fun time. and Yeah, working with everybody, hanging out with everybody. Yeah, yeah, I guess I got that impression because I've, you know, I, I talked to Tommy, I talked to you. I remember Tommy, you know, uh, like a year or two ago saying that and this could just be tommy too because he can be tom herpick he can be a little bit like like he can be a little bit like not like pessimistic but just like he's a little bit like low-key low energy and he can like sometimes like skew things a little bit on the dark side and he was saying that he felt like they you know that 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 they were kind of winding down the material that they wanted to cover and they felt like it was coming to an end like so I yeah. guess that's why I felt like it was sort of that was kind of like their decision. Well, I mean, you know, Jesse left on his own, and then Tom right. kind of, you know, was thinking about. Or it was funny. Tom was like, "I'm going to be here till the show ends," you know, and then all of a sudden he was like, "I'm done. I'm taking time off," you know. Oh, did he? Did he work till the end, or did he? He went off and came back on. He took a break and then came back on. No, I. God, now I can't remember. I okay. think he. No, he he was on till the end. Okay. Okay, got it. It's Slandering his name. A lot of Tom yeah, Herpick yeah. slander going down on this. He's a pessimistic guy. He was cutting in and out of work. <laughs> He's practically the reason the show fell apart. <laughs> He's great. He's going to do a board on uh, Summer Camp. He just he, he came back. He yeah, like had a, it He's off. a superstar, man. He's a superstar. He's a humble, quiet superstar. Yeah. Yeah, really talented. It's it's crazy to have yeah, like there's so many people on the show that can they draw so beautifully and but they also like write. They can write really well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, I mean it it's obviously not effortless, but certainly from the outside it looks that way. When you look at whenever I look at Tommy's stuff or yeah, like, you know, just the the depth of his of his uh storytelling and emotion and and uh you know, Rebecca Sugar is the same way, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that whole, that show, like all the borders were just like all, it was like an all star lineup. Like every show I've been on, there's usually like there's people that are good and there's some that are like not so good. <laughs> uh, but like every yeah every slot was just filled with like a really uh, talented person. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. Once and once we got you know obviously you know the you know the show was crazy starting out and really rocky, but. Once it got on its own legs, you know, I feel like the vibe was so cool, uh, yeah. you know, everybody working on the show and that there was so much friendship and, and 
didn't seem like there was a ton of drama and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can't attest to it after I left. You know, I think there started to be like some more turnover um, at that halfway point, sort of at the point that I left at. Yeah, when you left, everything changed. <laughs> everything. I brought it down. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, it seems like there was just so much mutual respect and, and inspiration, so much mutual inspiration going on with everybody. I mean, you know, even though I, I you know, it isn't really my thing to work in the studio, I was just always like, I mean, I kind of wish it was just just to be able to have been in there and spent more time with everybody you know but to get in my creative flow i really have to you know keep kind of be be on my own and not being distracted uh with socialization and whatnot but but you know i would just love going in uh you know whenever i would and and you know going and talking to you going and going into tommy's cubicle and talking to jesse and akko and all them you know just sitting in there and cracking everybody up and you're catching up with andy you know and phil and you know, Pete wasn't on, you know, Pete Browngart wasn't on Avenger time, but, uh, you know, going to catch up, but yeah, I'd, I would just love to go in there and, and, and just really, really good friendships with people on that show. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so do you, so do you think, what do you think you're going to miss the most? Like when you, when you like settle in in Vermont and you're like, oh, okay, this is what it is here. Like, what do you think you're going to miss the most about, being in LA and about being, uh, working in the fast paced Hollywood studio system. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's weird knowing that I'm moving cause I, I, I walk around now and I have like suddenly my perception of Los Angeles is totally different. I'm, lo I'm looking at it as like, Oh, this is the last time I'm going to do this. Or, you know, I rode my bike to Venice beach on uh, Christmas day and you know, it was such, it was no traffic and, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the food. LA's got a lot of good food. Yeah. 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 Definitely a lot of good accessible food. Yeah. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I grew up on the East coast and I remember moving to California and, uh, there was, there was stuff I missed, but I, it was never to the point of like, it made me depressed or anything like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It hasn't, if, if it hasn't set in yet, uh, if, if there's anything that's making me second guess this move. Yeah. Oh my God. You're going to call me up, dude. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's like the fact that it's snowing there right now and everyone's tired and I was just like, oh, I wish I was there now. I, I, I feel like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. This is good. Uh, I'll, I'll drive by and just see you standing on the front porch in your bathrobe, just just eating a turkey leg, just smoking yeah. cigarettes, just melting down. Like, oh god, Kent's not looking. Did he shave his head? Oh my god, this is not going well. well I keep thinking too that I'm. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, when I get to Vermont, that's when I'll like lose ten pounds. When I get to Vermont, that's when I'll start like working on my own stuff more. And uh, oh, when I get to Vermont, I'll like. I'll start stretching in the morning. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn into this different person when I yeah. 
Yeah. Well, hey, that is that's that's there is a good possibility. There's nothing like a watershed moment in your life like that to like it's kind of like where they try to pass a bill in Congress or whatever and then they put a bunch of like shitty stuff in there that you have to pass with it. Like when you're doing like a big move or something, you're like changing your life, you can kind of sneak in a lot of other like new routines, I feel like. You can kind of change some stuff up. Um, because your, you know, your, your brain and your, your whole thing is flipped upside down and you got a, like a shock to the system. I feel like you can kind of, you kind of yeah. break some habits like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about that too. Like, uh, just getting rid of stuff. When yep. I, like, I'm, oh, it'd be cool to only have like five shirts and Whoa. one pair of pants. Yeah. Jumpsuits too. What if we only wear jumpsuits? I always <laughs> think about that. I'm like, maybe I'll. I've almost done that several times. Like maybe I'll. Maybe I'll just only wear jumpsuits. Like I'll have like, you know, like like five long sleeve jumpsuits and long pant jumpsuits, and then like five like short sleeve and short jumpsuits. Like, and then that's all I'm gonna wear. Uh-huh. It seems so simple. It seems so appealing somehow. Yeah. And so efficient, and people would be like, "Wow, look at that it's a jumpsuit guy! He's so organized." <laughs> well, this in the fly, right? He talks about he he wears like the same suit every day. Like he wears the same. He just has a closet filled with the same jackets. Uh, oh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah, I think he says he did. That's what Einstein used to do. Like, right. So that's what. Yeah, that's the famous anecdote. Is that that's what <laughs> Einstein used to do? It's probably yeah. bullshit. You can say that about anything, like. You're like, oh, no, I leave all my dishes in the sink until it's full. That's what Einstein used that's to what, do. <laughs> that's what, hash, hashtag Einstein did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I've, I've definitely been thinking a lot about I'm like, yeah, when Kent moves here, we're going to start. We're going to be riding bikes together. <laughs> I just think about all this stuff we're going to do. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. But it will be cool. You'll get a little boost because, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like it takes a long time to settle in a new place anyway. I mean, I think it takes like, you know, sort of five years to really get to know a new place and settle in. I think things in life generally happen in like five year increments. Like when you start something new to really it becoming a big part of your life and getting to know the ins and outs of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it'll be cool because, you know, since since you're since you're jumping right into, you know, into the world that we've we've started to explore here, we can give you the inside scoop so that's pretty cool because you know even though even though you're from vermont and i'm you know from new england like you know i I wasn't familiar really familiar at all with this area when i moved here it was kind of a you know just a intuitional thing to to end up where we ended up Yeah, yeah but uh but yeah, like I said, I mean, like the more time we spend here, just the more we love it, and the like the luckier I realize, because like I, I said before, like when I when I bought the property, it was like you know I hadn't met Athena yet, we hadn't had kids, obviously, and uh, I was like thinking about that being part of it, but I didn't like really like thoroughly investigate the area as far as like is this you know I don't know, it just wasn't I I didn't I I, I didn't think about it in the depth that I that maybe was required for like moving your whole future to a place, you know, it's really just based on intuition, but my intuition was right on. Cause the more time we spend here and, and investigate and, and just enjoy what's here. It's like, everything's here. There's so much here. And there's, there's such a great community too. That's the, that's the thing about it. Sometimes when you get way out in rural New England, you can, get into communities that are a little one-sided or, you know, one flavor or just kind of like, you know, just kind of, just kind of, I don't know, like, you know, just, just, just like lackluster, like it's going to be kind of depressing and, 
you know, impoverished and stuff. Because it's rural America, you know, you get out there and it's just a lot of working class, like poor people with, you know, doing their thing. And uh, but here it's it's a real mix of everything. And, and that's one of my favorite parts about it is the, the, the culture here and the community here is super good as far as places that are like 99% white go. So we definitely need some more like people of color. Come on up because it's awesome up here and we could use the cultural diversity. Yeah, well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to add a little flavor to Vermont now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of white flavor. Whites can have many flavors. Yeah, finally, a white, a straight white guy is going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another, what is it? Another cisgendered white yeah. male. I don't know all the descriptors. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, but you, but hey, but listen, now we can use this as a segue into another topic I wanted to cover hashtag me too <laughs> even though you are a privileged white male you have also been a victim of sexual harassment in hollywood by one of the most notorious now sexual harassers would you care to elaborate on that because this is a story that i've heard you tell and that <laughs> when i when the like, news when the you're news you're so excited when it, you're like ah we <laughs> This is like your exclusive. I know. As soon as the, as soon as the news broke about this person, I I wrote to you, and then you're like, and then you're like, oh my god, I think I've told this story to too many people because everybody's emailing me right now. Yeah, it is weird though. I mean, it is a story. It is something I only wanted to tell like to people in person, and never like in an interview or on. Yeah, in it because. Well, it, but it, yeah, I mean, I'll, t I'll tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to tell this on a podcast. No, I asked but you if you wanted to tell it and you said you could, but, but you don't have to. No, I'm saying, but now that it's like, I mean, the reason I didn't want to tell it before is because I didn't want to like. Oh, right, right, right. I, I, I didn't want to be the Anthony Rapp person in that. I didn't want everyone to start going, oh, it's, a, you know, a writer from Adventure Time just talked about Kevin Spacey or something, you know, like. Right. Yeah, yeah. Only because I feel like, like, cause like the way you just described it right now is totally not how I see it happening. Like, right. no, like no, and I, you didn't I, describe it that way. No, it was like a crazy party story. Right. Right. But, but that's, that's what everyone, like everyone, when the, when that's, when the Kevin Spacey stuff broke, like people that were like, had heard my story were like, Hey, are you going to chime in? Are you going to chime in? And, and I was like, well, no, because my, like, if anything, my, experience with him was like I, I i feel like i feel guilty all of a sudden like when i started reading about like wh what he was actually doing with you know other people and i was like oh like if anything i enabled him to be shitty to other people because when he did it to me i was like i was like flattered i was like oh wow <laughs> and i'm Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. The joking aside, you weren't, you didn't feel as victimized. It felt like, uh, well, so it, it obviously involves Kevin Spacey and it, and it, and did it feel more like a novelty at the time to you than like, uh, than like some kind of like thing that like, oh, but this could be a potentially dangerous situation. It never felt like that. No, no, I didn't feel, yeah. So here, I'll tell the story and then we can talk about okay. it. Okay. So, once, uh, once upon a time. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, 
I should also, okay, the, first of all, this was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, and during this time, I was going to these sort of Hollywood parties and, and uh, there, were, there was lots of drinking and, and drugs and, you know, ecstasy. And, uh, and there was this like group of friends and, uh, you know, we, we would just have fun. We would just like stay up all night, like just getting fucked up and listen to music and like, and it got really silly. And like one night, like people were tired. Oh, I'm going to bed. And I was like, no, don't go to bed. And I was trying to, and I just started, like, I had started doing, uh, like dick tricks. <laughs> like, check, <laughs> the, look, infamous, the infamous Kent Osborne dick tricks. Yeah. And it was like, but it was like a close group of friends and it was like, it, it was really funny. You know, like people, like people were just like, what the fuck, you know? Um, and it so was you of, actually might've started Kevin Spacey on this. He might've taken your cue. He might have no, seen you no. sexually harassing the entire party and said, I want in on this game. <laughs> but anyways, I, I was like, hey, check it out. It's the propeller. I was like saying this is like the worst like puppet show or something. And I was just like I was doing all these like dumb tricks. And then a couple of years later, uh, some friends were at like in New York and they called me like at eight in the morning and they they said, oh, my God, you're ahead of your time. We're there's a show on Broadway called Puppetry of the Penis. And <laughs> <laughs> that do it like these Australian guys and they they do all this like pen, penis origami and it's they're doing what you were doing you know and so that was like I was like oh like I felt like le legitimized I was like oh wow I'm, like it isn't just a dumb party like there's people on Broadway doing it and um but anyways there were there were uh you know famous people in the in, the, in this group of friends and uh and it got, but it got to the point where it went from being this sort of like organic, funny, drunk moment that everyone was like there for to, to then it would just be like, I would walk into a party and, you know, John Stamos would be like, Hey, there's my friend, Ken, he does dick tricks. Do one, you know, take out your dick and do one. <laughs> You're like, I, well, it might be, I just peed. It might be drippy still. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, but no one's even, no one's, you know, drunk yet or no, like it just got, it, it, it became something else. It became yeah. like, but. But still, I like making people laugh and, you know, it, and it is fun to like kind of do it and people like just to watch people's faces and, you know, uh, and people would always just be really like they would years later would, you know, they'd be like, I, you know, they would remember me and they, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like, the, yeah, there's, I don't, I can't explain the psychology behind it, but it was just, it was always like really fun and, and, and funny and stuff. Um, but anyways, the, the point being that Kevin Spacey. <laughs> one of these parties and was very uh, interested in the cock tricks and like he would ask a lot of questions and he wanted to know if there were any tricks that involved being erect and you know and I was I was definitely like playing along and and you and know how famous was he at this point like what was he in was this like this was like usual suspects yeah 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 and in fact the, it was like late the 90s, 90s. <laughs> yeah late 90s yeah he, the night we met, he he said, is, is, "Are any of the tricks? Uh, are you hard for any of the tricks?" And I said, "Oh, there's one called the mouse trap, but it's very rare." And then he said, "I'd like to see the mouse trap," and I was like, "Oh, let me see what I can do," you know. But it was like, you know, we were in like a like a bar, and you know. Uh, and then later he was like, "Is it time for the mouse trap?" And I I said, "Oh, it it almost it, I almost was erect, but then I started thinking about the ref, and it went down." And he was like, "No, no, think about usual suspects." So, <laughs> oh, right, the ref. Yeah. And then I was like, <coughs> I was like, I don't know why I said the ref. That's a good movie. Like I, I was just like not like it was weird. Like I was like playing along, but then I was also 
you know, I wasn't, I was, you know, I wasn't t- at one point he said, Oh, you're, you're so funny. You could have your own show. And I was, I remember thinking like, Oh, he thinks that I I'm doing this cause I'm trying to get ahead in the business, which I wasn't, I was like, had a, had a job and, you know, in animation, I was like, I was totally happy. You know, I wasn't trying to like sleep my way to the top or whatever. Anyways. Uh, so it was around this time that my a friend of mine had a party and, uh, I was there and Kevin Spacey showed up and he's, you know, and he said hi to me and, uh, he said, Oh, have you been, have you been here before? Have you been to this house before? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, Oh, give me a tour. So I kind of showed him around. So you guys like, already, so you had already known him. This is not the first yeah. time you had met. Okay. I yeah. Yeah. I met him a few times and, um, so I'm showing him around this house and we get to the top uh, floor. It was a three story house and we got to the third floor and I said, Oh, this is like the end of the tour. We were in my friend's office. And he's like, oh, well, thanks for giving me a tour. And he started, like, unbuckling my pants. Whoa. And I was like, I remember, I was like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> like, I, I was totally, I remember thinking, oh, this is what women must feel like all the time when guys, like, hit on them and they don't, they're not interested, but they're also, like, they're too, like, surprised or, or sort of, like, shocked to say anything or they, you know, I was, I was just like kind of giggling and like not like I was kind of like backing away and he and he kind of like said, oh, no. And I said, no. And then he took my hand and put it on his crotch. Yeah. On his dick. On his dick. Like like with his he had his pants on still. But he yeah. like I was suddenly like touching his uh, erect penis through mm-hmm. his pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember thinking like, wow, this is the first erect this is, or this is the first penis I've touched that isn't mine. Like mm-hmm. that was, cause it was like a different size. It was like, it was thinner than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how uh, detailed you want me to get, but, but I, remember, I remember going like, wow, that's really thin. You know, it just, it didn't feel like mine. It'd be yeah. like, yeah. Um, and there was a lot of thoughts going through my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, I wasn't like moving my hand. Like he put my hand there and then I just kind of left it there. And then, I wasn't moving it around or anything, but I wasn't moving it away. And Whoa. it was kind of like the worst, you know, hand job. <laughs> like, How long did uh, it last for? He was like, did you guys were just standing there for like 10 seconds, like looking yeah, at each it, other. It was like 10 or 20 seconds. And I, I kept, I, I wouldn't, I kept saying stuff. Like, I think I said something. Like, <laughs> I said like, what's it like to be you? <laughs> well, you were touching his dick. Yeah. Like, cause I was just like, <laughs> oh this is I was like, how do you, what's, it, what's this like? What's it like to just, do yeah. this to, you know. and then yeah. uh so, someone came in the room uh and we you know he like straightened up and i i took my hand away and this like girl came in and she had a joint and she was like hey do you want a cocoa puff and i like smoked a little and then he smoked a little and then the three of us were talking and some more people came in and she said to this other guy she said hey do you want a cocoa puff and uh the guy said no thanks i don't do cocaine and then kevin spacey went excuse me he's like what did you just say and the guy said i don't do cocaine and then he started talking to the girl and said hey i would really appreciate it in the future if you offer me drugs you tell me that there's cocaine in it and she was like no i did i said cocoa puff and then he was like well i don't understand the lingo or the term <laughs> okay and he but he was talking to her like kind of mean he was like pissed off that he had just sort of unwittingly done cocaine and, yeah. uh but it was great because it was like you know, he's Kevin Spacey and he's, 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 he's talking to her like one of his characters in a movie. Like he's like, it's like Glengarry Glen Ross or something. Like, he's just like kind of like belittling, belittling her and like kind of being a 
jerk to her, but he's, you know, but he's also like has a right because I guess he just like did cocaine and she just, she wouldn't let it. She just kept saying like, well, I did. I said, do you want a cocoa puff? And everyone was just like, shut up. Um, anyway, so that's where the night sort of ended up. Like he was like, I don't think you, do you understand that I haven't done cocaine in 13 years? You know, do you understand what I'm telling you right now? And I don't know. This is a bad Kevin Spacey impression, but <laughs> that's so surreal, man. Yeah. I remember you told it at camp. Uh, I don't know. One of the, one of the last couple years, and it's just such a it's such a fascinating story. Like not not only the dick touching thing, but the cocaine smoking thing is just so it's all so strange. Yeah, but yeah, it's just just because they're all just you know because yeah, I mean all these people they're just regular people. They're just all weirdos doing this all this weird shit going on in Hollywood. It's amazing to think of the level of deviancy that is going on all the time with the celebrity and the, and the money that goes on there and just the culture there. It's like outrageous, man. Yeah. But the weird, it didn't feel like it was that deviant to me. Like I, yeah, no, of course. Time, I, yeah. I didn't feel like I was, uh, I didn't feel unsafe and I didn't feel like I was in danger or that I couldn't, you know, I, I I don't know. It was like a weird, like I, I've, you know, I've read these other stories and I'm like, Oh, that, that actually like is a bad thing. Like yeah. that's a real thing that to happen to someone and that, that could really like fuck you up and that could, you know, yeah, it's, it's so I'm, yeah. If anything, like that's the whole me too thing. Like that, that was my sort of like, I, I felt suddenly guilty that I'd been like telling this story at parties and stuff because you know, I want people to think I'm interesting and I want people to think, um, you know, I, I, I want to make people laugh with my crazy stories and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It's like, it, it made me sort of like reflect on it and be like, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm like the reason why someone like that is so like, he's so used to having people be excited around him because he's an Oscar winner or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, He's famous, you know, that. He, yeah. What he, if you like, what if he was just some regular dude that did that? You'd be like, get the fuck out of here, man. You fucking, right, fucking right. hit him. Like, wow, you're Kevin Spacey. Like, <laughs> who am I to, you know, which I'm, you know, I'm obviously not the first person to ever, you know, be, uh, you know, like uh, seduced by someone's fame or power, you know. Um, yeah. But anyways, I, yeah, so I'd, I'd, you know, start telling that story all the time and I would, I would tell that story to people and people be like, oh yeah, that happened to a friend of mine or like, like with, you know, Kevin Spacey, like, I think he was, um, I don't know. I think he was into like, he, he, he wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard that like he, cause he wasn't sort of out of the closet and he sort of didn't, uh, he hated like gay people. Like he hated that he was gay and he hated being gay yeah and i I think that's why he kind of like used his power to like kind of go after you know straight guys and and uh, i don't know it was weird like i have there's he called my like my house i have like an answering machine tape where he's calling me and saying hey i'm down at the mondrian if you want to come down and like explore your sexuality and stuff like really that's amazing dude that's so crazy you have so and this isn't even the wildest hollywood story that you have i mean you have you have so many it's it's amazing it's so amazing that that you that your destiny has 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 crossed paths with these people it's so wild that you have a tape of him saying that that's insane man
it's weird. The weird thing that to think about though is that like someone like that, he's doing it all the time, everywhere he goes. Yeah. And I'm, which I'm just like, you know, I'm 48 now and I'm just exhausted. Like I come home from work and I don't want to go out and I don't want, like, I just want to like, if, if anything, I'll go hang out with like good friends that I feel really relaxed and comfortable around. I just can't imagine having that energy or that drive to constantly be on the prowl or trying to like hook up with people or trying to like, that just seems exhausting to me. I don't know. How, I, I mean, well, he's I guess got to be trying to fill a void, right? It's got to be some kind of uh, thing missing or some imbalance in his programming yeah. or some, you know, abuse that he suffered, right? It's got to, it's to go after it. Yeah. With that voraciously and to create so much drama in your own life. It's like the people that, you know, some people are super chill and you can hang out with them anytime. And then some people, you know, when they come around, there's like a 50% chance that there's going to be drama, right? And it, that's just in their DNA. It's 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 something in them. So it's got to be part of it, you know I mean? And, and then probably super exacerbated by the fact that, you know, these people are deified in our culture, right? Yeah, yeah. No rules for Kevin Spacey. Not anymore. I don't know where he is now. Fucking hiding out on Nantucket wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out where did they uh whitey bulger was hanging out and fucking wasn't he hanging out in santa monica for like 20 years before they caught him oh i don't know whitey bulger yeah the, 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 the boston gangster the guy who ran uh all the all the gangs in boston and then like he got wind that the they were coming for him he just disappeared and they couldn't find him for 20 years and then he was just like chilling in santa monica the whole time Cause he's just like a regular looking white dude. Yeah, it's weird that he's like, you know, he's never going to act again. Like he's never going to work again. Yeah. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see what happens on the other side of this. Cause inevitably some people will probably be able to resurrect their careers in some way or another, in some fashion yeah. or another, you know, people seem to think that Louie will recover. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus of comedians and stuff that that he'll be able to, you know, turn this back around. So I don't know. Yeah, like he'll, like a year from now, he'll have a special where he talks about his the past year and like yeah, people... yeah, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Fucking Mel Gibson's in that you know Daddy's Home movie. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I can't, I still can't see him without thinking of all the insane meltdown shit. <laughs> He's so wild, man. He seems like a loose cannon. Maybe he's a really cool dude. Did you ever meet Mel Gibson? No. No. Damn it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you can't come back yet, man. <laughs> you got to look for him. He's out there. Yeah. He's out there. Oh, I got some good news. Did you hear that they uh, legalized or that the Vermont legislature for the second year in a row actually uh Passed the legalization of marijuana. This just happened a couple of days ago. And then last year, the governor vetoed it. But this year, he says he's going to sign it. So uh, we're going to have legal weed. Yeah. Yeah, bitches. No, you guys just became fully recreational this month. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty sick. Have you taken advantage of that yet? Uh, no, I don't even know how it works, actually. I mean, I still have my card, so, and I have, like, the, the dispensary down the street, but right. I guess now I can just walk in without the card, I guess? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might take them a little time to flip their systems around, but, yeah, you'd think they'd be like, tear down those blacked-out windows, let everybody, let the kids in, let everybody in. 
Yeah. What's the age? Is it 18? You have to be 18? I don't. That's or is a really it 21? good 21? I don't know what it is. Oh, and I, I don't even care. I guess I they'll like, probably make it 21. What if they made it like 30? It's like some absurd yeah. shit. You gotta yeah. be 20 to like rent a car, you know? There's, it is like. Yeah, that is weird. I was watching this movie, this Reese Witherspoon movie called Home Again. <laughs> I don't think Have I you heard saw that. Um, yeah, and she plays a woman who's turning 40, and then she starts having a relationship with a 27 year old. Whoa. And at one point she's like, you're 27. You're just a kid. You're just a kid, you know? And I was like, when did that, when did 27 being 27, like, cause it, I think it is true. I think that, uh, with this, like the, with, you know, kids in our twenties, like still living with their parents and like, sort of like, they, they, but it, it is weird that like, it, it's, it's gotten that age uh, of, of when you're an adult has like, it feels like it's growing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it seems like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It seems like our culture has sort of shifted where there isn't as much responsibility. Like, things seem, just seem to happen later, so it makes sense that you're, like, people are having families later and all that. It seems like, right. you know, when our grandparents were growing up, they, like, had five kids when they were 18, and they're off to war, and then they're starting a business and all this stuff, and now kids are, like, 30 yeah. and, like, just barely getting out on their own and stuff, so. Yeah. All right, all right. There are 27 year olds that did serve two tours in Iraq and they went to college and they have a job, you know, and it's, yeah. it's weird to think of like Reese Witherspoon's character being 40 telling a 27 year old, you're just a kid. Yeah. Who wrote that line? That's bullshit. Who wrote that shit? It was uh, the daughter of Nancy Myers. <laughs> you know, you're like, actually, she's yeah. uh, quite a, quite a good accomplished writer. No, no. She, well, she's, I think she's grown up in Hollywood and, yeah, it's definitely it's fun. I mean, I like bad movies, so it's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, it's like a rom. It's a rom com. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is a delight. Yeah, the last Reese Witherspoon movie I think I saw was that one where she hikes that Pacific Coast Trail or whatever. That was pretty cool. Oh, wild. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I approve. My dad <laughs> is a huge fan of Legally Blonde. He loves those movies. Sure. Shout out to my dad. An election, of course. Well, that, I mean, you can't not like that. That's actually a good movie. Yeah. He looks, yeah da, da, da. he looks like Tracy Flick. He looks like what? She looks exactly the same. Like she's she looks. Yeah, yeah, she does. She looks pretty young still, huh? That's funny too that she's like, "You're a child," and you're like, "You look like you're 15." <laughs> Um, it's really the, my favorite part of the movie is uh, she plays a woman who grows up in Hollywood and her dad is basically like John Cassavetes. Her dad was this famous director and then now he's dead and she's living in the house that she grew up in. And there's a uh, room in the house that was like his office and that has all his stuff in it, like his Academy Award and his all his scripts and his posters and stuff. And then she has this guy, this 27 year old that she's seeing and and his two friends come over and they're all filmmakers. And one of the friends like wanders into this room and is like looking around going like, Oh my God, this is so-and-so's house. And these are all his, this is his Oscar. And, and then he says to her at one point, he says, what's all this stuff doing here? Shouldn't it be at the Academy of motion pictures, art and sciences? 
But in real life, you would just say, like, shouldn't this be at the Academy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, says the street address. Yeah, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. <laughs> the current... Like, no, but, but I'm sure there was a note. There was a studio note where they said, uh, he shouldn't say the Academy. That's too, like, insider-y. Yeah. Like, you have to say the whole thing. Yeah. Wait, I think I, I took a video of it. Hold on. I'll play the video for you. This <laughs> is going down, deeper down this obscure rabbit hole. Yeah, he did a good job with the line, I think. Like, it's a hard line. You, you have it recorded, like, on your phone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, here, I'll play it again. Shouldn't this be at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is, this is good. This is deep cuts. This is deep insight into the mind of a Hollywood writer. Look at this, you're... Watching movies, recording standout lines on your yeah. phone. Yeah, this is what you got to do, people. Yeah, smoke cocoa puffs. <laughs> cocoa puffs. Yeah, we used to like that. We used to like that. I mean, I've done coke up the nose a few times when I was a teenager. Uh, but yeah, we used to put them on. We used to roll blunts and put coke on that, and that was actually pretty dope. Like I wouldn't snort coke these days. Yeah. But uh, if someone handed me a blunt and there was some coke in it, yeah, I'd hit that shit. I'd, I'd get down on that. I was at my, I was at a party with my girlfriend at the time, and she really liked coke, and I didn't really like it. But we were at this party, and the woman who's the hostess was like, "Hey, do you guys want to do a butt bump?" And we're like, "A what?" And she's like, "A butt bump, a B bump, a double B, a BB." And we're like, "What do we, we don't know what that is?" And she's like, "Oh, you you like lick your finger and then you like dip it in the coke." And then you stick your finger up your butt and you get a little, you get a little bit of Coke up your butt. Cause I guess, you know, your butt is like, yeah, it absorbs has, faster and then it bypasses yeah. all like your organs that filter it. So it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, like <laughs> way, it's way harder. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, we'll try it. So the three of us like went in the bathroom and we all like put our fingers up our own butts. And then, uh, like, you know, half hour later she came up and she was like, Hey, did you like that that butt bump? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, do you want to do another? And my girlfriend said, can I just snort it? And then I said, can I just stick my finger up my butt? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are the two. That's those are the two components that we both liked individually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're like, I don't need the coke. Can I just have a butt finger? Yeah. Why would I ask her to, for permission to stick my own finger up my butt? Why yeah. Else? Well, it's it's polite. Right. When you're at someone else's house, it's always nice to ask. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah. Word up. Well, what else? Is there, uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover on here? What are you thinking of? Uh, what Do you have any ideas yet about any kind of uh, creative projects you're going to be working on when you head back this way? Are you, still, uh, are you thinking of like staying on, working on stuff, like freelance, carrying freelance over? Or are you going to start clean and suss it out? I was going to write, I I'd started writing a graphic novel Whoa. about my experience having a TV show, like with Cat Agent. Mm -hmm. And then I, I had Instagrammed kind of a snarky comment as Cat Agent. And then the, the people that were making Cat Agent saw it and got really mad. And they contacted me and said that please take that comment down. It's really hurtful. We're going to call our lawyers to see how to proceed. And I was like, what? So I called my lawyer and I was like, 
I was like, Hey, I was like, I, and she was like, no, you're not allowed to like talk shit about them. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing it as cat agent. Like cat agent talks shit about everybody. It's like in his character. And she was like, uh, eh. she was like, I wouldn't do it. You're just like inviting risk. Wait, why aren't you allowed to talk shit about them? Because I signed a contract and I'm not allowed to like. You signed like talk. a non-disclosure or something like a non-shit talking clause. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I like I don't even know if I'm allowed to be talking about, it. but uh, like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, I said, well, I said I'm I'm just planning to write this book as cat agent because I still own the rights to the comic, you know. Right. So I was gonna write. I was gonna be like cat agent gets like a sitcom, you know. Yeah. And it's like yeah. action and and uh, she's like, yeah, don't do that because then they can say that you're, you know, that. She was like, I would advise you not to do it. So now I'm like, ah, shit. Like, I can't even, like, that was the only thing I had going for me after this whole experience. So I was like, oh, well, at least I have this experience that I can draw from and, you know, uh, have a story about. And But now I don't even, I don't know. I don't think I'm allowed. <laughs> yeah. Well, just do like a dog agent one. A dog manager? <laughs> yeah, dog manager. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they like, I like dog manager. That's funny. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer, but whatever. So yeah, I guess I'm just going to like do something else. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Cool. Well, I can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. I've been working yeah. on, uh, I've been working on my beehive boy comic. I'm going to be making some, uh, making some, like making that happen in the, you know, I'm going to be getting the, f making the first issue happen sometime in the near future. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm super pumped on that. And then I've got a bunch of uh, different projects lined up, but that's what I'm most excited about. That's definitely my personal project and what I want to spend the most time on. Like this next year, I'm hoping to do like at least a couple issues, like hopefully f at least 50 pages of, uh, of Beehive Boy stuff so i'm super super pumped about it and the comic is coming out so good it's like so much fun to work on it man because i've had this in my head for so long and then just getting back to comics is such a fun medium and uh you know like i've said before it's just such a complete medium you know there's something so magical about comics that you can do all this yourself you know yeah. whereas it's just almost like you're just sitting down and making a movie by yourself at your desk you know it's so yeah. there's so much to it it's so cool you can you can keep it super simple or you can make it as complicated as you know mobius comics and you know all these different great comics that are out there you know i'm reading uh, i just read the first two akira comics did you ever read the books for akira no, no, no. Oh my god, dude, it's insane. It is so fucking good. Like it's blowing my mind. Um, oh man, it's it's so juicy. And there's like six of them. And the movie is only like the first book. So it's like it goes way deeper and the comic is obviously like way more badass. And the level of drawing in it is just insane. Like dude, that guy had chops. Like, I can't even believe how good this comic looks. Like, because, you know, comics, sometimes people kind of, you know, some of it will be drawn faster than other parts, and then sometimes the backgrounds will just be kind of, you know, you get a sense of it, but it's really basic. And uh, these ones are just all so fucking detailed. It's, it's unreal, man. Uh, so it's very, I've been getting definitely super pumped. I also just got um, this new Mobius comic called, 
uh, Eden, I guess it's Edena, like Eden with an A at the end, Edena. I always have a hard time saying that word for some reason. It's really awkward to say, uh, Edena, but I've been reading that and it's like a Mobius graphic novel that, uh, was previously like hard to find. Um, but Dark Horse bought his whole, like the entire Mobius catalog and they're like putting him out. Cause you know, it's like kind of hard to find Mobius' stuff cause he's uh, French or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've been reading that. So, yeah, I'm super hyped to get, like, pumped on comics together and do some fucking be doing our comics out here in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to learn, I'm gonna learn uh, Storyboard Pro. I'm going to learn how to use computers. I'm going <laughs> to. It's so great. Oh, yeah, because you do everything on paper. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to learn Storyboard Pro? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, everyone's doing it now and. It, is that what it's, everybody it's cool. uses at the studio now? Yeah, I'm the only one. I'm working on a board right now. I'm the only one working on Like, even, like, Graham and Sambly and, like, everyone's just using. But it's so fun because then you, you pitch the board digitally on a big monitor. Right, and right, right. It you can really, like, sell jokes, you know, like, because, you know, when, I, when I'm pitching on paper, that'll get scanned. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're pitching and then everything in the background's moving and, the you know, it, it doesn't get format yeah oh, you like, don't ta- oh you don't tack them up anymore like like when like the old days uh yeah you tack them up and it's just it's better when you're using like starboard pro because if you want to show someone like falling or something you yeah, can actually yeah. like, animate it out and it you know totally. um yeah oh how times have changed wow the industry has left us by <laughs> uh, oh that's cool it's good to learn that technology i might check it out that's cool yeah speaking um, of technology uh graham you know he's working on summer camps graham falk mm-hmm. and uh he's got like a humidifier in his in his uh, office yeah so it's this little thing by his desk and it just like it like pops out these little like things of steam or whatever yeah, totally. or what? yeah, yeah. Um, and i heard someone the other day i was in my cube your old cube and i heard someone say hey is is Graham's fog machine going off? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the club going in there. Why does he have a dehumidifier in there just to put more hum- more moisture in the air? He likes a more yeah, humid maybe. environment. Yeah. Is he from down south? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I like it, but like in the bayou. <laughs> He's just got like swamp vines and shit yeah. hanging down. Yeah. Spooky, <laughs> it's like a terrarium. Spooky <laughs> lizard. <laughs> Wait, do you have any pets? Do you have a snake? Me? Yeah. No. Why did I think you had a snake? I don't know. I'm just thinking of your dick, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You got a trouser snake. The trouser snake. Well, yeah, so we could conclude that that Kevin Spacey, you seduced Kevin Spacey with your dick tricks, and then... Like, I was kind of asking right you seduced him with your dick tricks and then he was lustily he was lusting after you leaving messages on your machine and then being rejected by you at the you know being being ultimately rejected by you and also smoking coke (laughs) sent him back and just that's basically where this all started i think we've gotten to the bottom of this whole kevin spacey story i think we got to the root of it Investigative journalism on the Ghost Room and Friends podcast. Yeah, that's quite a scoop. 
breaking news, Entertainment Tonight. Is that show still on? Hard copy. Yeah. Have like that typewriter ball or whatever. (laughs) Go shrimp and friends. (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, I should point out the dick tricks, they're not sexy at all. It's not a... uh... It's not, it's not usually a sexual a... thing, but isn't it kind of also like an advertisement too? Because then you're just like whipping around a big dick, and then like maybe some females might pick up on that and want it. Do you? Did you see? Did you find that? Did you ever see any chicks like lustily like popping their eyes at your dick and then coming and talking to you later? If anything, they would. They were more impressed by my inhibitedness. Inhibitionlessness. Inhibitionlessness. <laughs> no, like afterwards they'd be like hey, that's so funny that you do that and you don't care and like you know I, I think uh, like my friend had a bachelorette party and she wanted me to come and do cock tricks and so I, I came and I was wearing like a mask and a cape and and I think the the, the, the bachelor at the or the bride to be was like the, she thought I was the actual stripper like yeah the stripper was coming later but I came out and she could just see her being disappointed but um <laughs> She's like, that's a schlubby stripper. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would be a discount? Uh, <laughs> that, you know, the cock tricks are like really funny and, it, and uh, you know, but it's all like you really can't, like there's one called the snail and there's one called the hamburger and it's not like you're seeing someone, like you're you're seeing it but you don't even know what you're looking at exactly, like what's the... Right, right. It's and, the um, manipulation. Yeah, but I think so. But I remember afterwards, like all the all these nice ladies, they were all just like they wanted to talk to me, and they were just so like, like none none of them wanted to you know date me or right, hook right. up with me, but they were they just thought I was just so funny and great and like mm, confidence, <laughs> confidence, confidence, yeah, yeah, confidence works in every realm. But then you yeah. you've since retired. You're you're semi retired. Well, I went to the one day I felt a lump uh, in my like not on my balls, but on the like one of the tubes that connects to the balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like, like a lump your, I, your vesicles or something. <laughs> I don't know. Your seminal vesicles. Is that a something? There was just there was a lump in there. And I was like, oh, shit, it's, I have cancer. I have like testicular cancer. And I went yeah. to the doctor and I said, oh, I, I felt this like lump. And he checked it out. And he said, Oh, that's, you're fine. That's just uh, scar tissue. It's not cancer. And I was like, oh, great. And then I was putting on my clothes and I thought, wait, why, how do, you know, why do I have a. He's like, your dick's, your dick's been to war, son. I know. I was like, wait, how did I get scar tissue there? And he said, well, I don't know. Have you been doing anything strenuous with your scrotum? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best, that's the best question. (laughs) That's yeah. the best guy. I should just put that on the Ghost Scout questionnaire for camp. Have you done something strenuous with your scrotum? Yeah. So then I was like, I, I can't do cock tricks anymore. So I kind of stopped doing them. And then my friend Joe Swanberg made a movie about my life called Uncle Kent. And in the movie, he wanted me to, there was a scene where I'm at a party and my friend's trying to get me to do a dick trick. Anyways, and so I did it for the movie. So we wanted to call the movie Uncle Kent. Against doctor's orders. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, but I don't do them. Uh, yeah, I don't really. It's it's weird. Uh, I was doing them like 20 years ago, and I was a different person. And then I, yeah, I went to like, John Stamos, his dad passed away, and I went to the funeral, and like five different people came up to me and made some sort of joke. Like, hey, I didn't recognize you with your pants on. Oh, my God. 
And I was like, like hey, is it uh, is it bad taste to do cock tricks at the funeral? <laughs> Can I get a picture of your cock in the casket? And I was like, okay, I should probably stop doing cock tricks. This is I should retire. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll you know I'll do them for special occasions, I guess. Or... Cock tricks probably on the outs in Hollywood. You're probably getting out while the getting's good. Yeah, yeah. In ten years, it'll come back around. I think some of these parties, the the people like I would I would sort of get naked, and then like a lot of the girls would get naked. Yeah. And so I think everyone saw like I me getting naked was like a way like that made everyone else feel comfortable to take off their clothes and jump in the pool or you know so that was sort of my job at these parties I guess was to be kind of crazy and uh, get nude. Yeah, <laughs> the party fluffer. You like get everybody fluffed out, like everybody's feeling good. Yeah, Not I don't exactly. remember job, but that was my job. <laughs> Your unofficial title. The first time I ever did ecstasy, these these three like models were like, they were like, get in the pool and go underwater, and we're gonna dive in and tell us what it looks like. And I was like, okay, and so I just went in the pool, and then they would dive in. And then I would like come up to the surface and they're like, how did it look? And I'm like, it looked amazing. And they're like, go back down. And we just like did that for an hour. Like they just kept diving in the pool. That sounds like an awesome first time taking ecstasy. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, it's been all downhill since then. That was, that was... <laughs> <laughs> then you just take ecstasy and you're sitting there with your friends and you're like, this is fucking, this is, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. You guys, do you guys have a pool? Do you guys have three naked models in a pool? Models? Let me see what your body looks like. No, pass. Yeah. Ah. Yep. The glory days. The glory days. Well, you're really gonna you're really gonna bring a lot to Vermont. You are gonna spice it up. You're really gonna bring some some uh, some hot spices to Vermont. <laughs> To melt out the winter right in the spring, you're gonna come in blazing. It's gonna be great. And then, uh, and then you're gonna be a counselor at camp this year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's actually about time. I gotta get. Uh, I gotta. Uh, I gotta update the language on the website to reflect that we are now going to be officially recruiting for Ghost Scout Training Camp Year Seven because it's January. So I've been slacking on it. I gotta uh, update the update the dates on there and get people uh get people's applications moving out there and stuff people i know know a lot of people are thinking about it and talking about it so that's gonna be pretty cool it's gonna be another exciting year for the ghost scouts can't wait yeah man it's gonna be good it's gonna be super fun Sweet, man. Well, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Anything else you wanted to direct people towards or shout out or anything like that? No, I think that's it. Uh, I'm going to be in an episode of Room 104 on HBO. I don't know when it airs, though. But What is that? Uh, it's this It's this show on HBO called Room 104. It, it's sort of, it's an anthology show. It, it all takes place in this one hotel room. So every episode is like a different uh cast in a different um it's kind of like you know it's like uh it's like these look weird stories that take place in this one weird room oh, of like a cool. yeah yeah and me and uh 
Mark Prukshire in an episode. I don't know if you know who he is. He's no. he's a he's that guy that um, went on a bunch of morning shows like in Wisconsin and pretend to be a yo-yo expert. And then he was on the he was on the Office. He played Nate on the Office, and he was on Better Call Saul. And okay, I'd probably recognize him if I saw him. Yeah, yeah. And he's in a movie, uh, another evil. That's really good. But anyways, yeah, he and I play these two guys that meet up in this hotel room, and it's very uh, it's one of the more interesting roles I've played. Sweet, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's the Duplass brothers uh, produced it. And, that show's really good. The first season's on HBO right now. Oh. Anyone has. But, uh, yeah. That's, I guess that's, that's all I got. That's nice. all I got That's a good plug. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in this HBO show, the Duplass Brothers. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hollywood scrotums. <laughs> Sweet, man. All right, well, we'll click over and uh, wrap it up, so... Goodbye yeah. to the, you can say goodbye to all the listeners. Bye, Mom. <laughs> all right. And that's how you start off a healthy 2018 season of the podcast. You know what I'm saying, everybody? But for real, for real, for real, big shout-outs to everybody who supported the podcast in 2017, and big shout-out to everybody that we're going to pick up along the way in 2018. I could not be more excited about this project. You know what I'm saying? It's so much fun to jump up on here and just chitty, 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 bang, bang with my homies because that's how we like to do it. And I've got so many fun guests uh, planned for this year, and it's going to be just such a fun thing to have the podcast going all year, all through Ghost Scout training camp, um, all through uh, you know the period of people applying and all that stuff. So it's going to be really fun to see what happens with this. You know I love to see shit happen. You know I like to make things happen and then see where it goes organically. That's my shit. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, yeah, I've been sick for the last week, um, but I am coming back. Actually, not the last week, but a, the couple days this week, um, baby Juniper came home with uh, some kind of cold or flu, and uh, it spread to me, and it was not that fun. You might be able to hear her fussing downstairs right now um, <laughs> as we wrap this up and get ready for family movie night here at the Bandit household. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm on the mend and uh, working on some Beehive Boy comic pages the last couple of days that are looking sick. So I will be sharing more of that soon. So stay tuned for that. And lots of fun projects coming up. Um, the 12-week online group workshop round three starts in two weeks. Uh, which is very exciting. So if you if you have signed up for it, it's obviously sold out. Um, uh, the students that have signed up, get ready because it's gonna be awesome. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be popping it off in uh, in two weeks. Two weeks from this weekend. Um, let's see what else uh, we got. Oh, um, I will be uh, like me and Kent started to talk about. I will be updating the website uh, this week um, so that people can uh, start applying to Go Scout Training Camp Year Seven because it's that time already. It's January, um, so uh, we will get that information up there. Um, 
you know, anybody that's looking to get a head start, you can go on there. Most of it's going to stay the same. Um, obviously, I'll update the language saying that it's for Ghost Scout Training Camp Year 7, and I will put the correct dates on there. I will lock those in this week. And um, But, um, you know, the video and uh, most of the questions and stuff will probably remain the same. Um, so you can go over there and at least uh, start to start to look at it, start to think about your super intelligent, creative answers that you're going to provide for us. Um, yeah, other than that, I think that's basically it. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody from the Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Cannot thank you enough. I made $32 last month by making this podcast can you believe it that's incredible may not sound like a lot to anybody even a homeless person but i'm blown away by it i'm so thankful you know what i'm saying i don't take anything for granted so i really am uh am, am super super psyched that we have these supporters early on in the game um rooting for the podcast and showing it love um Shout outs to you. Big beef stew shout outs. May all your stew be beefy and meaty. And, uh, or if you're a vegan, uh, vegan, non vegan, um, uh, whatever, whatever, I hope your beef stew is very substituted with very adequate and delicious um, alternatives to beef. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know what, you know, the deal, make sure that you're using this week productively, um, you know, trying to get a little bit closer. What are, what are a couple goals that you can set for yourself this week to get a little bit closer to that dream life and, and what can you do right now to make your life, uh, a better version of it? You know what I'm saying? How can you make your, your, how can you, what am I trying to say? You guys know what I'm trying to say. My brain must be fried from this podcast. It's a little late in the day for the podcast. Um, make sure that you are taking the steps to optimize your life right now. You know what I'm saying? There's always things you can do to make your current situation a little bit better and a little bit closer to that ultimate dream life. You know what I'm saying? It's one step at a time. It's not all going to switch overnight. It's a lot of little changes. It's a lot of incremental things that add up to those paradigm shifts that really get you where you want to go in life. You know what I'm saying? It starts with the habits and the routines. The things you do every day are the things that really reflect your goals, your actual goals. You know what I'm saying? So if, if the if the goals in your head aren't actually aligned with the things that you're practicing every day or vice versa, you know what I'm saying? If, you're, if the things you're practicing every day in your life aren't aligned with your goals, you're never going to get there. So make sure that you're getting those routines and practice the, the habits and routines that you have. Make sure that they are lined up with your most important goals and filling your life with the things that interest you most. You know what I'm saying? I'm gibbering. I'm jabbering. I'm losing my shit over here. So you better fucking wrap it up. But, you know, we always like to end on this message of inclusion. You know what I'm saying? You got to get out there. You got to try to, you know what I'm saying, do your thing in the world. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Just like I'm doing with this podcast, just like I'm doing with Ghost Scout Training Camp, just like I'm trying to do with the 12-week online group workshop, try to make other people's experience of this life better too. You know what I'm saying? Turn around 
and share your insights with other people, share your accomplishments with other people, help them up the ladder, help them bridge their gap. You know what I'm saying? Help them figure their shit out. Um, that's the name of the game. You know, we're all in this together, no matter how different people can seem, no matter how um, unreachable some people may seem. You know what? At the end, at the, at the, not at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, when we first wake up, when we're first fucking born, you know what I'm saying? We're all starting from the same place and we all want the same things, you know? So let's build those commonalities. Let's work on bridging those gaps. You know what I'm saying? With 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 things that we have in common. Because that's the name of it. That's the name of this game that I'm playing. It's called The Dopest Life Imaginable. The Dopest World Imaginable. It's called Creating a Reality That Works for Everybody. Right? All right, everybody. Get out there. Do your thing. And help other people do their thing. And you will hear from me next week. Peace.